Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the SCC Fit Podcast. We're here with Gavin Howard, um, up from Mackay, our very first call-in guest. Um, so hopefully our audio is up to yeah. scratch. Um, it's, Tam's done all the tests and we're, we're sounding pretty good. So how are you, Gav? How, how's the um, lovely sun up there? It is great at the moment. Actually, uh, as much as I'm not a big fan of the heat, winter here is absolutely perfect. It's like mid-20s, clear, clear blue skies, cool breeze. It's yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. for English, English summer. Yeah, it's nice. happy days. Yeah, very good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so maybe for those of uh, the listeners that maybe haven't heard of you, don't know who you are, um, maybe a rundown, a little bit of your background. Um, I know there's a little bit of elite sport in there and what you're doing now, who you're working with and who you've maybe worked through with like along your career. Right, okay, cool. So, yeah, I've been in the industry, whatever the industry is now, because it seems to be so diverse. Yeah. yeah. Um, there isn't really an industry, I don't think anymore, but in the industry um, yeah. for 17 years. Hold on. Um, working within the field, primary, initially uh, as a personal trainer, then moved more into fields of rehabilitation, then on to strength conditioning, then on to um, nutrition, then education in what for some people is a dirty term, functional medicine, um, which has very, very good altruistic basis, but has been completely bastardized and completely, it's just completely ridiculous, I think, at the moment now. Like Um, the fitness industry? Like a lot of things, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so I've been doing that pretty much like the, 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 the very quick, uh, brief version of, of how things happen for me. Um, been doing that predominantly here in Australia. I'm from the UK originally, but um, been doing that here in Australia, but also overseas. Uh, I've had the good fortune to work in a number of different countries across Europe. Um, done some cool stuff with, uh, with with some teams. So I was with um, Basketball Australia for a couple of years, part of the one of the high-performance coaches based here in Queensland. Yep. Um, worked with a few... Athletes when I was in Europe, so like top, where was he? Gilbert, I think. Top 30 at the time. Uh, tennis players, um, Australian representative um, athletes in, in track and field, Olympic weightlifting, um, taekwondo. Wow. Yeah. Um, this. Um, along with, and, and you know, along with really the bulk of the, 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 uh, the clients that really, if we're all honest, that we all work with, which is general population. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so working currently with, probably with, with general pop clients who are competing in something. So yeah. um, as far as the training side of things goes, probably that takes up around, I don't know, let's say 25, 30% of the time, um, working really with people who, who compete in something, whether that's a physique, sport, um, physique sport, physique activity, yeah, I know, we'll, call it, we'll, call it sport. Uh, we'll, we'll bypass all that, mm-hmm. a physique sport, um, strength sports as well, so um, currently coaching people who have attained like, national records in powerlifting, um, won state championships, um, made Arnold's um, for strongman, this kind of stuff, so yeah. people who are competing in something. Um, mainly because I'm old and grumpy and I have no empathy anymore. So it's just do it, <laughs> do it all, hurry up. Um, and uh, so, yeah, another sort of 25, 30% of my time is, is really working with people on a more sort of, this is general pop with more nutrition, health, like 
how to eat better, how to lose weight, how to deal with with this illness, with these symptoms, so on and so forth. Um, And then probably around half, close to half my time is is in the rehab arena. So again, working with general pop, you know, the, the back pain, the neck pain, the sore shoulder, this kind of thing. But more and more so with um, yeah with, with people who are competing with strength athletes, powerlifting, strongman, so on and so forth. Um, done a bit of work with uh, some some good quality powerlifters, like uh, some people have been uh, sort of to pro raw as part of the Arnolds. Um, yeah. I'm sure you guys know the work I've done with uh, did with last year with Odell Manuel, yeah. uh, helping get on the the platform after a two year sort of break with injury. Mm-hmm. Um, is he in Big Dogs next yeah. month? Yeah, he's he's going down to Big Dogs um, in October. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's basically a bit of a quick rundown of the kind of kind of work that I'm that I do on a day to day basis. So yeah. hence, yeah, life's good. I, I enjoy my work, which is yeah. uh, which is good because I seem awesome. to spend more time at work. Pretty awesome clientele to uh, yeah. to be to knock and knock and brains with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. yeah I'm very uh, yeah. I feel very privileged to have. Uh, been able to get in with, with some of these sort of people it's great Pretty yeah good. so I guess um, for our listeners we're hoping like, to try and leverage a little bit on the rehab side um, yeah and understanding injuries and pain and all that kind of stuff so we did open yeah. up um, questions for the mm-hmm. listeners to kind of fire and we had two pretty good ones um, yeah. so one was from a guy who's actually one of our trainers that um, has an ongoing back complaint Mm-hmm. Um, did he have a diagnosis in terms of the injury itself? Or, or, yeah, uh, so he's got uh, he had bul- bulging discs in his back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and just yeah, chronic pain for the last probably oh, yeah, yeah, as long as, long as he can remember. Um, yeah. So maybe like without diagnosing and treating that individual thing, mm-hmm. someone who is presenting with um, back pain, what's like the process that you would go through to try and um, figure out? what's going on and like what could we do in the gym and then if we're going to see an allied health professional what are we looking for from them as well yeah good questions good questions um maybe what i'll maybe do first as i care with you guys is kind of run through a very brief version of of the process that i would go through with someone when they're when they're coming in um so this is going to be like three to five minutes hopefully i'll keep it that short um so yeah, I guess first of all, with any any kind of injury, so we kind of look at the, I'll run through this, and we'll look at this is like the, the the process, and then we'll take the, your your question on the on the disbalance, the back pain, and go okay, how does that fit into this this process? Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Um, so it's basically looking and going okay, so if someone's coming in and they're they're training, uh, whether recreationally or competing or anything like this, and they're getting pain, the first thing I want to look ask them is okay, when does it hurt? What exercises? What are you doing? This kind of thing, because very, very often, what I found is um, pain is could come around through poor technique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first thing I'm going to do is go, okay, let's go out of my treatment area, my office. Let's go down to the gym floor. I'm lucky enough to have access to both here. Yes. Um, let's go down the gym floor um, and show me what you do when you are finding you get pain in, in this in this particular area. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we, we look at that. Yeah. Um, then second process is looking and going, right, okay, what I like to do first is look at the, what I consider like the global components. Yeah. So what the hell do I mean by global components? It's just the bigger stuff 
that a lot of people um, often don't think about because they're, they're concerned with the bit that hurts. So yep. it's thinking of someone's job or activity. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So someone comes in and goes, oh, my back hurts every time I deadlift, um, but I work as a construction laborer. Um, it's like, well, is it the deadlift that is hurting your back or is it something you're doing for the six hours a day on, on a job site? Yep. Something like this. So looking at the, the, the job activity outside of this, looking at maybe someone's training volume. Um, had a case uh, not too long ago, um, female was, was getting a lot of elbow pain and low bar back squat, very, very common. But instead of going down that route, I kind of went, show me your training program. And, yeah. and she trained six days a week and she trains hard. And basically six days a week, um, she was hammering her elbows. Yeah. She was doing exercises and just, just absolutely hammered elbows. So we yeah. dropped that down to four. What do you know, the elbow pain goes away. Yeah. Um, so I know you guys are familiar with concepts like SRA, so stress recovery adaptation, mm -hmm. that whole cool, cool stuff. Um, when we look at injuries, well, SRA applies to injuries as well. It's not just about training concepts. Yeah. yeah. Um, so other things in terms of the global issues is looking at things like food and sleep, uh, stress. If you're stressed, your back's probably going to hurt more than when you're not stressed. If you're really tired, things will hurt more than when you're not really tired, so on and so forth. Um, from a more physical sort of musculoskeletal component um, in terms of the global issues um, and this can vary I'm just giving you a very sort of brief overview um, looking at things like uh, respirations the uh, breathing patterns is taken from the, the Czech Institute program and they're the totem pole of human survival human survival reflexes yeah. so looking at respiration looking at um, upper cervical function looking at TMJ issues looking at um, any foot issues is a very vague term, but we'll get into it at some point, maybe down the track. Yeah. Um, looking at this, so someone's got lower back pain, um, had it just a day, someone's coming in with the lower back pain with a disc bulge. Um, and structurally, and there's people who, who are into this, people go, oh no, that's complete bullshit, blah, blah, blah. But I find that most of the time it works pretty well. So I'm just going to go with what pays the bills the best. Yeah. Um, and so basically, this guy came in, he's got a disbulge L5, L5S1 on the left, which mechanistically suggests that there is some sort of um, prolonged or extreme um, compression of the L5S1 uh, disc on the right side, hence the, the nucleus pulposus, like the gel in the middle of the disc being pushed to one side. So I had to look, run jumping into, into the you know, back disc stuff, went, okay, what's going on? Oh, you've got a bit of a, a pelvic obliquity, so like a lateral tilt in the pelvis. Is that definitely the issue? Perhaps not, but is it contributing? Absolutely for sure. Yeah. And you go, okay, so let's have a look. And we found they had a bit of a TMJ upcervical issue, which helped to then level out the pelvis. So we basically addressed the lateral tilt in the pelvis by not looking at the pelvis. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason I call these global issues is because if there's something going on with, with, with something here, it's going to have a, a, a very big um, effect on things lower down and, and higher up. Yeah. So basically, I, you can think of it looking at everything upstream rather than everything downstream. So look at the upstream stuff first. Yeah. Yeah. So things like this. Then from there, moving on to uh, um, more the local, so-called local issues, which is is you know running things from running orthopedic assessments um, for the bit that hurts, um, understanding is it chronic, is it acute, 
um, what interventions are needed here, how deep do we need to go. So with chronic pain, typically there's a, a strong mental emotional component involved with the pain. Yeah. Um, if it's sort of less than three to six months, i.e. acute, um, sometimes we just need to do something to create positive change. So I'm always looking at, at assessments and, and the, the local, so-called local things um, just to find where we can make positive change. I'm not looking to find what the problem is or this is terrible or you're really jacked up or you're really tired or anything like this. It's just going, okay, is there a restriction to pain-free movement or is there a restriction to the thing you want to do? Yeah. Identifying what that is through a number of, you know, first of means, then addressing that in creating positive change. So I'm not, I don't train, tend to not talk about, sometimes it gets sucked in, but um, most of the time I talk about positive change as opposed to releasing, yep. letting go, all that kind of, all that kind of jazz. Yep. Um, so we go through that. Uh, the final step is, okay, let's have a look at um, the movement. Have we got, are we pain-free on the table? Yes, wonderful. Are we pain-free in unloaded movement? Yes, wonderful. Now let's load that movement um, and see what happens, happens then. And we basically kind of repeat the process Okay, now we're going to load the movement. Now we're going to go back to technique. Yeah. Yeah. And then from that, it's kind of like training, you know. It's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to train like this. We're going to eat like this. We're going to rest like this. We're going to sleep like this. We're going to do all this other stuff. In 12 weeks, we're going to see where we're at. And then we do the same thing again, but refine it and fine tune it. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Yeah. Was that a brief? I think anything else, quite a three to five minute brief overview, but you great. got the no, idea. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So um, one thing, if you don't mind me probing with a question there, the yeah. emotional relationship to pain, I find super in- interesting. Um, yeah. And even like there's a lot of, especially on social media, there's a lot of people throwing around that like disc bulges and stuff typically aren't the actual cause of the pain itself and that we all kind mm-hmm. of have some. And um, Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what's your kind of take on the emotional element to particularly back pain? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, again, super interesting. There's super wide, varied uh, discussions can be had. So, yeah, um, yeah, just because you have a disc bulge. I mean, one thing that, that helps for me is that I compete in powerlifting, and I'm certainly not at the elite level by any means, but for your, your, your general sort of Joe public coming off the street, there we go, oh, man, that guy's really strong. Yeah. Um, it's all relative. Um, and so when people come in with, with lower back pain, let's just say a disc bulge, uh, one of the first things I'll talk about is, hey, cool, so have I. High five. Yeah. Um, but I can, I, can still, um, I can still do powerlifting competitions um, and I don't get pain. Yeah. Um, so and, and inevitably the response is, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and it's a, it's a great sort of um, great way to just help break the ice and start having conversation around that. Now, don't get me wrong, like this guy that came in today, he's got a disc bulge and he's getting pain because it's impinging on the L5, L5 nerve root. So, yeah, yeah we, I think we need to be really careful because as with most things in the industry, yeah. um, it's very, very easy to take a black and white yeah. uh, view of things and, and jump on a bit of a trend and never be that trend swings wildly the other way not soon after, and then we find a midpoint even after that. So is it, does a disc bulge cause pain? Um, 
it definitely has the potential to. Yeah. Um, if someone's back pain and sciatic pain caused by a disc bulge, yeah, if they've got a disc bulge that's impinging a nerve root, it probably is going to cause pain. It may not be agonizing, but there's going to be certainly at least a degree of discomfort. Now, yeah. if someone has a disc bulge and there's no nerve root impingement or, or impingement or, or um, encroaching on, on, on other structures, yeah, um, yeah um, then, yeah, it, it doesn't necessarily mean there's, there's going to be pain. Yeah. Um, so I believe, um, I'm happy to stand correct on this, but I believe um, the because the, the, the intervertebral disc isn't neurally innervated, mm-hmm. um, we only have pain-sensitive structures on the outer third of the, of the disc. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so there we have pain-sensitive structures on the outer third. So if the disc bulge is migrated outwardly enough, we can get pain. Um, so I think we need to be careful uh, because, yes, mechanistically, uh, there's a guy called Nikolai Bogduk, um, who's a back pain sort of preeminent researcher, expert, very, very intelligent, knowledgeable guy when it comes to the mechanistic components of lower back pain. He's been around for decades and decades. Yeah. Um, so if we look at some of, some of his, uh, his writings and, and, and findings and, and conclusions, we might look and go, yeah, a disc bulge actually can cause pain, yeah. nerve impingement or not. So we need to take that very, very seriously because we all have a certain tolerance to pain. Yeah. But then we look at the other side. We bring the, you know, then we bring the mental emotional, and we go, well, what, yeah, what does that mean? Because why, why is it that someone can have, on imaging, a really, really bad disc bulge, um, and not really be very worried by it? Um, and someone has like a, a, a seemingly minor disc bulge and all of a sudden they're, they're in absolute agony. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, of course, then the mental, emotional, psychological component uh, comes into it. That's Absolutely. what I've noticed quite a lot is that um, people will come in and they've, they've had that referral that, yes, you've got a disc bulge. And it's like, once they hear that news, it's like, I'm broken. Like I can't, yeah. Yeah, I can't operate as a human being yeah. because I have a disc yeah. bulge. Um, yeah. A lot of them, once, like you were saying earlier, you clean up their technique, their diet, their sleep, and all of a sudden their pain's gone. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not yeah. saying that I I don't have the scope to fix this bulge, um, mm-hmm. but just improving those lifestyle factors and the movement pattern tends to relieve a lot of pain. Yeah. So well, what, what, you, what you do have, Ben, and, and um, <clears throat> is as, as does every personal trainer in the country, you do have the scope to create positive change. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really, that's the key, creating positive change. Yeah. We don't necessarily need a fix. We need enough positive change to make things manageable. Yeah. And you could, you could argue, you know, that's the case of pretty much everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not a bad, bad way to go. Um, so do you see frequently people that would get a scan, come back with no visible um, issues going on in the back, whether it be an MRI or an X-ray or whatever, um, mm-hmm. Coming into you still complaining of back pain? Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, back, neck, shoulder, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But yeah, for, for for back pain, for sure. So um, yeah, it's, it's certainly not unusual for, for someone to come into me um, saying, "Yeah, my, my back really hurts," and we run, we look at sort of how they're moving. That's not too bad. Then we look at 
um, uh, we sort of run through a bit of an orthopedic assessment. There's nothing obvious that comes up there. They bring in their, you know, their um, uh, report from the their ultrasound and the MRI and the CT scans, and yep. there's no definitive, conclusive sort of findings from that either. Um, and so then you kind of left with this this situation of, of uh, there's nothing to fix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do we do now? Because inevitably, people, whether they're coming to to see me for pain or coming to see you guys for weight loss, inevitably people are coming in with this idea that they have a problem that they want help fixing, mm-hmm. and you know how to fix it. Yeah. Um, and, and and sort of what happens then is, like I said, you're kind of going, well, there's nothing definitive here that 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 can can be fixed in a, in a black and white sort of uh, or in a sort of uh, objective um, perspective yeah um, and then and that's when the conversations start basically yeah um, so is that when you start looking down that emotional road or is it more it can be it can be training and that kind of stuff and lifestyle yeah so um, I've kind of learnt I guess I feel I've learned from experience that to, to, yeah, start looking at some of the mental emotional components is important, but I always like to, always like to leave that not last, but certainly more towards the end. Let's let's exhaust the the objective, yep. black and white, simple fixes first yep. before jumping into that because um, that can be an absolute minefield um, to the point where you know where, where some people have come in and I've just got a. a, a I know, call it a, a, therap- a therapist, practitioner's intuition and professional intuition, whatever the hell that is, doesn't really exist. I would say people saying, oh, it's rubbish. Um, but just got a sense of, yeah, mm, there's something going on here and, and I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not really up for this yeah. um, in terms of that mental emotional component. And so there's, there's times where I've actually referred people out to a psychologist um, uh, this, this here, Mackay, who's, who's I've, I've used him myself personally before, and he's, he's exceptional. Yeah. Um, so then, sort of referring them out to psychologist, and potentially then working with that client whilst they're seeing the psychologist. Yeah. Um, if if it's a situation where I feel like, yeah, I can I can really help this individual by let's not say delving into the emotional stuff or psychology, but more I think the term is motivational interviewing, mm-hmm. basically asking questions and helping them make sense with their responses. Yeah. That would be a, a very simple, that's essentially what we do, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so when we, when we start talking about the mental emotional, it all gets very serious and people go, oh God, and this sort of thing. It's like, no, no, it's just making sense of, making sense of, of, of what you're saying and what you're thinking and, and, and how, the, how you feel about that. That's yeah. all. Um, so yeah, certainly, um, yeah, numerous times probably, yeah. Once a fortnight, um, yeah. I'll, be, I'll be with a client talking about these things. Um, and what I tend to do, again, it's a good icebreaker, is start talking to them about the difference between acute and chronic pain. Yeah. Um, so, we, yeah, so we could think of, um, I think of, of, of acute pain, basically the first three to six months. Mm-hmm. Yes, there may, be a, a, there may be tissue injury, there may be a sore, a torn, a broken, a bruised thing, mm-hmm. um, which is increasing, not so much pain, but increasing um, like nociception signals to the brain. Yeah. 
getting awareness, getting, hey, look at me, you know, that whole thing. Very simplified um, way I'm putting across here. I appreciate that. Um, but after around three to six month mark, yeah, we start moving into it's a chronic pain, which is sort of more more top down, which is basically um, that we have we have learned over time that there is something wrong with us, and we have experienced that so many times that it is we've got very very efficient neurologically, very efficient at feeling that and recognizing that. Yeah. Just in the same way with training for a different, you know, for the opposite response, yeah. keep doing the same thing over and over again and your technique get really efficient and you'll be amazing at the snatch. Um, the same thing happens happens with pain. We get very efficient at being in pain and feeling there is something wrong with us. Um, so what happens then is is we, we get, you know, we set up these, these very efficient nociception pathways and all that gets processed by the brain and kind of all this other stuff in the brain gets processed with it. So when, I, so when I'm explaining what uh, chronic pain is to people, I'm talking about this. You're going, so basically what we have now is you've, you've because pain isn't a signal, there's no such thing as pain signals, there's no deception signals, but in terms of pain, pain is basically an experience that we have, yeah. Okay, okay. So we start talking about pain is an experience. So what other experiences, what other emotions, what other memories um, have you unwittingly attached yeah. to that pain? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and then we look at that, okay, so what happened when you hurt yourself? What did you think? How did you feel? Um, what did it mean to you? Um, and so on and so forth, yeah. So that, that serves as a nice kind of introduction and segue into some of these conversations because inevitably, and I've, I've used this example many times before when I've been teaching through our scenes, so some people may have heard it, but um, I'll give you a quick example that, that, that comes up. So when was I did, last time I did this? It would have been two, three weeks ago. Um, I did this with a back pain client, and we basically wrote back pain on the, on the whiteboard, put, put a line underneath it. Okay, tell me how you hurt your back and what you were feeling, the, 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 everything you went through at that time. And we had things like loss of independence. We had things like... Um, Scared about financial future because I won't be able to work. Yeah. Uh, so fear was involved. Um, we had um, this person basically, you know, didn't know what was going on. So there's confusion, anxiety, all these things tied in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, and I said, said this particular client, I said, okay, let's let's look at this list of list of things that we that you've uh, associated and, and attached to your your back pain. Let's rub off back pain. And let's now put something else there, like chronic depression, or yeah. let's rub that off. Let's put a refugee arrived from a war-torn country. Yeah. Um, it's all the same. So um, with the, the attempt there is to kind of go, look, if someone was, um, was feeling these things, was experiencing what you're experiencing, but they had come from extreme circumstances, we inevitably would go, holy shit no way i'm not surprised like yeah. whoa that's really terrible man that's like man oh awful um but when it comes from yeah i lifted up something and hurt my back all of a sudden it's almost like that's not deemed worthy enough or terrible enough to have these experiences and these emotions come up yeah. so it kind of makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. That's um, a really interesting way to look at it 
and it, and it, and it, it, it in the, for the most part, it kind of basically just helps clients coming to understand, ah, oh, wow, this is, ah, oh, ah, oh, this is not just, I've got to, you know, massage this and stretch that. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's, there's more going on here. And, and, and yeah, inevitably we'll sort of progress that, that conversation a little bit further and find out what it means to them and, and yeah. so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I think you should say something because I'm taking over this. So, <laughs> so uh, Gavin, uh, yeah. with the with the injuries and identifying, um, you know, like the root cause, like sometimes yeah. there's events where like people can't bring it back to a certain point in time where the injury happened. So, yeah. um, like, I guess from our perspective, it's like, you know, there's something else, you know, contributing to that over time. Um, what are some things that you would like, and we'll use back pain maybe for the example, because it tends to be a bit of a theme at the moment. Um, what are some things that you look for? You asked, um, in someone's say lifestyle or whatever, um, that could give you potential, uh, you know, indications of why the injury is there or the pain is there. Um, I think I want to disappoint you now. I don't. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's cool. That, well, then it's good to know as well because I guess like um, sometimes people uh, look at oh well you know what do you do like do you spend X amount of time sitting down or do you spend do you spend X amount of time standing oh, right. up? Okay, got you, got you, got you. Um, okay, you know so Sorry, some that's, that's things uh, maybe you know repetitive movements at work or um, are these things that you look for with someone who goes oh, I have a sore shoulder or or back let's say but I don't know when the sore back happened. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let me, okay. Yeah. I'll just talk a little bit about my, what my understanding was initially of your yeah, question. Yeah, sure, man. Yeah, that'd be great. So, yeah. So I think I understand what you mean now. So yeah. So yeah, so, for sure. Um, if someone has a sedentary job and they're sitting all the time and they're at a computer um, and they're getting a sore neck. Yeah. yeah. Then yes, of course we're going, okay, don't worry about, you know, one of the things I'm talking to people with, about often with senator jobs is forget this idea of sitting with good posture all day yeah yeah there is no one supreme good posture we need to move yeah, yeah. The, the, the the difficulties arise is when we start adapting to sustained postures or sustained body positions yeah. that's when some of this stuff can come about so yeah certainly um yeah so from a powerlifter so up here in Mackay, there's big mining sort of industry so a lot of uh, tradies um, working out in the mines and this sort of thing. A good mate of mine uh, who's also a powerlifting client, um, he works as a, a boiler maker. So he's basically just welding and smashing big pieces of metal up all day. Yeah, okay. Um, and so he ends up with a little bit of elbow tendonitis type pain uh, fairly frequently, which is a real pain in the ass in a peaking phase for his powerlifting cop. Um, so it kind of goes back to what I said earlier. It's like, you know, Okay, you can't change your job, um, but is there a different way that you can do your job to reduce the amount of strain on the elbow? Yeah. As an example, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, if someone's getting neck pain and they have a sedentary job in front of a screen, then yeah, absolutely, certainly, uh, we'll look at what they do. Can they take maybe more more frequent breaks? Um, can they adjust, you know, ergonomics? all that jazz, that yeah. kind of thing, yeah. yeah. Um, someone who's getting a lot of back pain, um, 
I'm not a big fan of stand-up desks, to be honest, because I found that it is kind of create just the same problems as yeah. regular desks. Yeah. Yeah. You never just Probably stand up. Yeah, you just stand up and slump around and put yourself in really awkward positions again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, can you get up and walk around the office? Can you stretch your quads out a little bit? Can you do this, do that? Anything we, basically we're always looking at, um, as I said earlier, opportunities to create positive change. Um, and looking at the work environment, looking at what someone does on a regular basis will be will be handy because someone's work environment is essentially what we would call training volume. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's the volume of stress, repetitive stress, through a certain movement pattern on a particular area of the body through a certain muscle. So looking to try and basically um, look for opportunities to disrupt that as much as we can is, is, is a good idea, yeah? As for, and I'll just, if, I, if it's okay, just talk briefly about what I initially thought you were asking, which is, yep. um, do, we, do we look back at what people do and try and pinpoint what it was that caused the issue or, or drove yep. it, which is what I initially thought you were asking specifically. And, and I tend not to do that because, and people ask me, ah, oh, so was it, um, was it when I uh, fell off the truck uh, three years ago that, that caused this? It's like, I don't know. No one knows, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, we we can make up stories to make ourselves. You can almost convince yourself that that was and, happening. That that was the reason. It's like, oh, it was yeah, this time sure, and this sure. happened, and yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I see this all the time um, uh, with with clients coming to see me who are being told, ah, oh, this happened because of this, 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 and this. It's like, fuck off. Like we have no idea, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, we we really we really don't know for sure. We can't say for certain it is this and this and this and this added to that plus this then you did this and whatever else all we can ever deal with is is what's in front of us i believe anyway yep. what's in front of us here and now yeah definitely it's, it's kind of somewhat akin to the, the nutritional um arguments of oh ten thousand years ago we ate such and such and it's like we? really we don't know what people ate exactly yeah. what yeah. exact plant did they eat yeah. um oh well, based on science did it well science is always changing and we're, we're finding yeah, the ideas that we put together uh, based on what we think people ate 10,000 years ago sounds great until someone finds someone with remains from 12,000 years ago that, that means that that idea is now not true. Yeah. Um, so it's not a bad idea to kind of, I call it um, forming an impression. Yeah. Um, we all do it. Um, it's called judgment called judgment um <laughs> inherently inherent nice uh, <laughs> human behavior um but forming an impression you know like for you guys if someone comes in and they're like yeah i've been overweight for for 20 years um and they, they got a limp and they stink of bo and they're really sort of bad skin and stuff like that and they go oh do you reckon you can get me on stage in six weeks you're probably going to go based on my initial impression highly unlikely yeah you know what yeah. i mean and it's not being mean or, or, or nasty or anything like it's just going yeah we all form an impression because it's part of what we do yeah. to make things easier for us to process what we need to do yeah. um so it's the same thing with with, with rehab you know it's kind of like i don't know we can look at this and look at this and look at this form an impression but ultimately all we deal with is is the here and now and what's in front of you yeah and i think and i can't imagine being an athlete who seeks like allied health professional um, advice. Like mm -hmm. I, even knowing what I know, still walk in wanting that person to say, it was this, this happened, 
do this and you'll yeah. be okay. And it's like, we yeah. just want this nice little box to kind oh, of yeah. put a ribbon on and walk out and go, all right, sweet. So I just need to do like RDLs for the next six weeks and that pain will be gone away. But it's what we, I guess, have gone over today is like, that's probably not really going to happen. We need to look at this entire, like you said, you mentioned that word global at the start, this entire global um, organism that's including emotions, including movement, including lifestyle factors that may be influencing what's going on. Yeah, and, and I think this is, this is really a, uh, what we've seen in the last, oh, I don't put a number, a lot, the last few years is this real sort of melding together of rehabilitation, pain science, movement, exercise, strength conditioning. So this is a big sort of movement that's occurred and it's really kind of brought all this stuff together. So people like um, people like Quinn Hennock, for example, there are, there are many others, many, many, many others. Uh, people like Quinn Hennock, you guys are familiar with him, I'm sure. Yep. Um, you know, um, even um, uh, our own... Uh, Andrew Locke down there in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? um, I've, I've never seen Andrew. I don't really know. I don't know him personally at all. But from what I see and, and read from him, yeah, um, yeah there's, there's a, oh, if you've bulged your desk deadlifting, then the first thing we need to do is sort of, or one of the first things is learn how to bend and deadlift because yeah. that's what caused the problem yeah. um, sort of thing, you know. So, yeah, so there's this really nice sort of melting. I think it's just a, a much better understanding now. Um, I mean, it, it's... For me, it's a bit, it's still a little bit of a double-edged sword because, with with the so-called more modern, newer, which isn't really new, but new pain science, whereby yes, it's more sort of a, an experience we have, and we need to deal with with reducing the potential fear or the um, uh, reducing the the negative experience, uh, reducing the avoidance behavior, that kind of thing. Um, which is all well and good, and I'm totally with that, down with it, absolutely. There seems to be this sort of an idea of, oh, well, if, you're, if your ankle hurts, it's nothing to do with, your, with your, your joint being dysfunctional. Yeah. It's because it's all in your head. It's like, well, I think there's still a lot of merit to, yeah. if your ankle hurts and we can do something at the level of the ankle to make the joint function better. Yeah. Um, and again, we could argue, oh, well, it's still... A placebo effect and whatever, but whatever it is, I like. This is why I like, you know, try not to get drawn into the stuff too much and just talk about positive change. Yeah. Whether that's pushing pushing on bits, um, or talking to someone, or discussing their emotional experience of the pain, yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah. So, um, just based off. Because a lot of general pop are going to listen to this podcast more so than, say, powerlifting athletes and yeah, other people sure, sure. really serious in the gym. Based off your experience, like how, um, like, based the amount of sedentary activity that we have now, sedentary, um, the sedentary lifestyle that a lot of people live, do you think that has uh, implications on, like, the amount of... Uh, injuries people get, um, maybe their you know ability to deal with pain, coming back from injuries, um, all that kind of stuff. Like, is this sedentary lifestyle that we have from sitting and convenience of driving places and stuff one of the major contributors to like a lot of people's issues? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll go the other way. I'll say 
not being so sedentary will definitely improve things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So, so moving more, um, exercising or movement, whatever term we want to use, movement inevitably is going to make things better. Yeah. Um, regardless, you know, whether it's from a, a biomechanical perspective of learning how to move more efficiently, whether it's um, realizing you can do this particular movement, this particular thing, and it doesn't hurt anymore. Yeah. Or whether it's from a more sort of uh, physiological perspective of delivering more blood flow, oxygen. Yeah red blood cells so the body can you know function heal better etc etc yeah. yeah exercise wins hands down all the time i think um yeah. what what sometimes uh like i know my clients think of and i know general Paul probably think the same is like they're just simple standing walking bending over picking things up like just normal human activities of being outside and all that kind of stuff is is not just as powerful as coming into the gym and strengthening your body, but it's still very, very necessary. And it's not as like, it's not as uh, like sexy, you know, to say to someone, like I say to my clients, like trying to go for a walk once a day um, for 20 to 30 minutes. Um, If you can't do that, walk around the office a bit. And it's because it's not an extreme intervention, uh, but I'm like just trying to get them to act like a fucking human and stand up and move around. Um, so yeah. I was just like more just seeing what someone else's uh, thoughts are on just those basic things that we should try and integrate into our lifestyle, even if we don't have pain, to be honest, like yeah. as maybe a preventative yeah. measure at some point. For sure, for sure. Yeah, look, the pain, pain or not, um, just stop being a lazy fucker and move. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, really. I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm getting old and grumpy now. I'm in my 40s, so... Um, just move. Um, yeah. Stop making excuses. Um, or if there, are, there, if if there really is sort of a, a barrier, get some help and work with someone to overcome that. You know, yeah. um, it's it's yeah. The, the ten minute walk three times a day yeah. um, is is great. Just moving. Um, you, you could easily, you know, not easily, but I think you could even argue that. You know, just this general movement activity could actually be more useful than going to the gym because sometimes in the gym, if we're not careful, we get stuck. And, you know, big questions here as well. We can get stuck in, in so-called sagittal plane exercises, you know? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So, so whether you're a, a, a competitive powerlifter like I am or a general pop, general population sort of just goes for a walk for half an hour, plays tennis at the weekend – just keep moving like getting out of the gym sometimes is, is the answer for yeah, me because yeah. when i get out of the gym and i'm at the playground my kids my, my two daughters and we're you know all of a sudden i'm doing some jump training i'm trying to you know jump up onto the platform with them and yeah. bending and twisting and moving and doing stuff i would never do in the gym yeah um yeah not not at all um including walking yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. Um, but yeah, totally, totally, Jason, absolutely with you. Yeah, just bare minimum, just, just, just walk, just walk around the block. Yeah, um, walk to the park. Adopt a, a, you know, adopt a, a young child from your family and take them to the playground. Yeah. Um, go for walks. Get out in nature at the weekend. Um, get a dog if you really have to. I'm not a dog person, but get a dog if you have to. If that is, if yeah. that's the only thing. 
Sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> um, We're going so well. Now. <laughs> say, oh, he's not coming on again. <laughs> um, um, yeah, if you if you need to get a dog or some sort of pet to yeah. make you move, then then do it. Um, yeah, yeah, because it's it's very very interesting. Uh, and you guys familiar with uh, Jordan Peterson? Oh, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think clinical psychologist in Canada, written a, a book. Um, uh, I actually um, like the guy. I think he's very, very intelligent. Yeah. A lot of admiration for him. If um, sorry to interrupt. If the listeners are interested, he's got um, podcasts on the Joe Rogan show that are really, really good. Smart yeah. human. Um, just reading, recently reading his, um, his book, um, 12 rules to the, the 12, 12, not the 12, because he's not so arrogant to say these are the 12. Um, it's 12 rules for life and yeah, antidote yeah. to chaos. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in there, he, he talks about um, how people will take their, their dog to the vet um, and pay thousands of dollars and make sure they get the medicine for the dog and feed the dog every day the medicine and everything else. But they won't change their diet for themselves. Yeah, yeah. And 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 we you know we won't get into that right now. It's very very interesting. But it was a, just reading that was a great reminder of if you don't essentially at the risk of getting all pink and fluffy now. If you don't love yourself enough yeah. to do this for you, then then find something else that you do love and yeah. use that as a reason for doing it. Yeah. And he talks about this. You know, he he talks about this in in great depth. It, it, actually, it's an awesome book. I think anyway, a fantastic book. Yeah, Everyone yeah. should just read it, yeah, um, regardless. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he talks about this. So yeah, if if you if you know you should be doing something but you can't, essentially it's because you you're in so much pain about something that you 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 struggle to love yourself enough to make the effort for you. So if you can't make the effort for you, it would be great to start looking at addressing that with a professional who can help you. But at least get something else and do it for something or someone else at yeah. the very least. Yeah, um, in terms of just basic movement, yeah. For yeah, sure. that's really awesome. So yeah. we did mention um, just briefly with the ankle mobility earlier. Something <clears throat> I'm finding really interesting in the moment is the discussion around mobility versus stability, um, yep. and whether whether or not lack of mobility is caused primarily from a lack of stability, or it's vice versa. What's yep. your kind of um, I guess theories on that within what you're seeing and dealing with every day. Yeah, um, as as with most of these things, I think both are right. Um, I found this in in, in pra- clinical practice with rehab, but also with with powerlifting clients. Um, yeah, it's kind of kind of interesting. Um, I'll often find with powerlifting clients, um, they've got weak hip flexors or weak psoas. Um, even though it's always tight, um, and strengthening your psoas, your glutes will fire, and all of a sudden your hip mobility improves. Yep. Um, from strengthening something that everyone thinks is always tight and is the bane of existence, yeah. um, and all of a sudden they can squat lower. Yep. Um, yeah. And this was with a, a, a actually did this last week, week before last week, uh, yeah, last week with a I think he's fifty nine, fifty nine year powerlifting client who holds pretty much all the. The master's records, um, he still squats and deadlifts over 200 kilos, like it's nothing. Yeah, it's a phenomenal guy. Um, but yeah, he's, he's just, just basically an old guy who's tight anyway. Um, so 
basically doesn't move much. Um, and, um, and yeah, so we, we tried some sort of mobility work with him and it was sort of hit and miss. And then went, okay, you know what, this might just be weak. You might have a lack of stability in certain areas. Um, I suggest last week we kind of just did some, some manual muscle testing on, on certain things. Um, again, it's people who go, oh, that's bullshit, blah, 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 but for, against, whatever, it all forms an impression. It all yeah. just passed the picture. Um, found some stuff that was weak, wasn't like firing up. Um, firing up, I can't believe I used that. Like my first podcast, and I say firing up about a muscle. It's terrible. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, basically did some, yeah, did, uh, did some testing, found things that were weak improved um, awareness of, of how to use that area, those muscles, how to engage those muscles, yep. and all of a sudden he's squatting deeper. So, yeah, the long and short of it, both both are right. It just depends. And the, the skill, and this is this is what I, f- I find it can be lacking, the skill is knowing how to test for that and how to assess that and how to determine that. Mm-hmm. This is why it's so easy for people to jump onto one end or the other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it can potentially be both. Yeah. So, yeah. would you, based on that information, do you um, deliberately program in stability work, um, knowing that, like, for example, powerlifters have weak hip flexors? Um, are you looking at always kind of programming something like that in? Yeah. To, uh, like a yeah, preventative it's, it's, measure. Um, it's basically, an as as needed basis. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll program some of that in, um, so-called activation exercises um, with bands I'm not a big fan of. Yep. Um, I have kind of just don't really use bands anymore for that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, so I kind of, with, in every, I'll give them sort of two to four different drills yep. um, to, to work through movement preparation. I've had people like Chris Duffin. Uh, term it. I like that I, that idea, that concept. You know, movement prep a little bit more yeah. than activation work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely some some movement prep. Um, but um, if I can include movement prep as an actual exercise in their program, then we'll just do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, yeah, um, I'm inherently uh, inherently lazy. Um, I'm always trying to do things in the shortest uh, shortest number of steps. Yeah. Uh, with the same same level of uh, kind of impact. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Do you have any more questions? No, pretty good. Cool. So I think I have lots more questions, but mm-hmm. um, they're going to be really long questions. And we, I'd love to probably get you back and maybe discuss, like, because you are working with, I know you've got um, bikini physique competitors mm-hmm. and powerlifting yeah. clients and athletes by the sounds of it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So maybe we could get you back another time just to dive into. I love the way you said that. Bikini competitors, powerlifters, and real athletes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, <laughs> with, people who with change multi-dimensional direction. Multi-dimensional demands, yeah. energy system demands. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh man, it's my current current favorite rant is uh, powerlifting coaches, and no disrespect to powerlifting coaches at all. I still have a lot to learn. I'm I'm a strength conditioning coach who's come to powerlifting coaching, and yeah. I still have a lot to learn. Yeah. Um, but powerlifting coaches call themselves strength conditioning coaches. Like, no, you're fucking not. Yeah. You are Very amazing solid. at teaching people how to powerlift and get them super strong. But can you? Are you really going to improve someone's zero to five meter sort of acceleration? Yeah. Yeah. 
when they receive the ball in a game of football. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. You can't do that with squatting. Yeah, I've actually... Um, um, my my uh, Instagram handle at the moment is like strength and composition because it's like if, if someone comes to me, it's like, I'll get you strong and I'll get you lean. You'll look good and be really strong. But in terms of actually going out Athletic on Saturday and being perf- performing yeah. really well, yeah. it's outside yeah. my scope. Go see your coach. I'll get you strong based yeah. on what he tells me to do. Um, yeah, yeah. Sure, yes, that sure. self-awareness I think is pretty important to not. It's, it's good, and you know, not. seriously, Ben, all all credit to you uh, for for doing that because a lot of people don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, all credit to you. Awesome. All right, so we might wrap it up there. Thanks so much for yeah, um, dropping awesome, in. Yeah. I think hopefully the audios all come together pretty well. Um, no worries. Tam's nailed it as always. So um, yeah, we'll stay in contact, and yeah. hopefully we'll have you yeah. back part two pretty soon. Yeah. Awesome, that'd be great. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. And just yeah, don't I hope I, that you don't like dogs again. Uh, huh? Just don't mention that you don't like dogs again, mate. <laughs> I'm coming with a list of dogs specifically that I don't like. <laughs> Small yappy ones. Okay, um, that's fine. Right. You don't have. Yeah, that's it. You're back on. You're yeah, back on. Okay, <laughs> right back on. It's not a dog. That's a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right, that's thing. it. But um, good. we're cool, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Like I said, it's been it's been great. Let's definitely do this again. Um, Hope I didn't hijack the podcast. I'm not quite sure what the that's, what, well, that's the point. The point is for you to do all this. We're gonna make off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Good. Yep. Good, good, good. Awesome. Good, good. Uh, thank you very much. All right, much. guys. Thanks, um, Gavin. Yeah. Have a great day. We'll chat soon. Yeah. You too. See you, mate. Thanks, See you, mate. Bye. 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 All right. So we're we're shit humans and just let Gav go without actually talking about <laughs> who he is, how to find, to find him. him. So we've yeah. just leveraged him for an hour and then sent yeah. him on his way. Um, Gav did actually have to run so we, we had a time yeah. limit for the podcast <laughs> so if you do want to get in touch with Gavin um, I know he does like a bit of online coaching particularly online consults and that kind of stuff as well um, so his Instagram handle is just his name um, so it's Gavin Howard so H-E-W-A-R-D um, if you want to find him on Instagram it'll be the same on Facebook as well so um yeah, give him give him a bit of a follow and some feedback and some love. Um, yeah, and even well. if you're um, like you know local to the area or not far of a drive away, and uh, yeah. you might be dealing with some chronic pain or something along those lines, yeah. um, you know, drop Gav um, a line and yeah. see if you can get in touch and connect. Or even if you are interstate, like even just dropping a line to Gav and just yeah. seeing who he knows. He does he, he does travel to. a lot too, so um, yeah. we've been lucky enough to have a few guys treated by him while he's been in Melbourne at times as well. Yeah, so. Awesome. Um, yeah, if you if you want to reach out to him, go ahead. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. Yeah. We probably should tell people to um, like, share, do all that stuff for our own stuff as well. Yeah, that'd um, be good. While we're here. Yep. Um, so five-star review on iTunes. Um, the downloads are getting up amongst yeah. it a little yeah, bit now. So, so Really appreciative of that. That's really cool. Really so awesome, yeah. thank you very much. Um, now, one other thing. So this is going to be a good test to see if people are still listening and want a jumper. Um, the jumper comment actually came from one of our PTs which is a little bit cheeky so we're going to get rid of him um, so let's go um, the next the best one we have in the next until we do the next podcast the best, the best makes us review, laugh the best yeah that's it so five yeah. star review and the best comment yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so you got to make us laugh um, and then yeah. yeah we'll find some piece of clothing to send your way yeah. awesome All right, thanks see you next guys. time ciao